another episode of With the Chiefs. Wait, 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 wait. Man, I need more rest. I hope you got. I've got your last name right there. It's a very good pronunciation. You should know better than that now, Donald. I know. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of With the Chiefs, uh, episode 52. This week, we're fortunate enough to be joined by Morgan Linquist, who's an incredibly talented ultra-trail runner and a bit of a local legend um, around the Australian running scene. Uh, throughout his running career, Morgan's performed incredibly well with a number of accolades to his name that anyone in the sport would uh, dream of having. This includes winning uh, 2020 Costa Cozzi, um, first place at uh, Buffalo Stampede 100 last year in 2022. Uh, third place at UTA in 2020. He's run at UTMB and a few other European trail ultras, um, as well as other many more incredible performances. Recently, um, Morgan came eighth place at six foot and ran the, a few kilometres with me before leaving me in the dust. Um, yeah, today we're just going to be catching up with uh, Morgan and chatting about his six-foot experience and training block, um, as well as his running journey along the way and a few other tips and, and tricks that he's got to share. So welcome to the show, Morgan. Thanks, Guy. Uh, guys, it's uh, good to be on and thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Um, usually we, we kick off the show just uh, with a bit of training talk to see where everyone's been up to with their training. Um, so I don't know if you want to just run through the, the highlights of the last week for how your running's gone. Yeah, sure. I mean, we did six foot two weeks ago, so I've been taking it quite easy. Lots of rest days. So yesterday was my first longer run, really, uh, two hours. And then I did four. Well, I was supposed to do four hours this morning, but I got a bit cooked at three and a half hours. So I called for help and <laughs> got a pickup near home. Yeah. Is everything all right or is it just... Um... Yeah, I say humidity. I didn't bring enough water. It's so humid in Sydney these days. So, yeah, I need to prepare a little bit better for, for next longy, for sure. Yeah, wow. And um, are you training for, for anything at the moment or...? Uh, I might do UTA 100. I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't decided yet. But uh, UTMB later in the year is the, is the A race for the year. So I was there five years ago and it didn't go too well. I was way too new to running, to run a mountainous hundred miler over there. So hopefully this year will go a little bit better. Yeah, awesome. Um, how'd you go the, the first time around? Were there any sort of key learnings that you took from it? Too many learnings to mention, <laughs> but I, I, after, afterwards I was thinking I did this mistake and did that, that mistake, but I was just too new to running, I think. It, it's the whole approach and how to deal with those tough situations. So I did smash my cords and walked the last fix the case basically, but that, that was the main thing that, that went wrong. Yeah, awesome. Um, what about you, Smitty? How's your week been going? Um, I had another... Another quite a week, um, but I got in a good session on Tuesday. Um, I was out with I was out with Arthur on Tuesday. We sort of did a mix like between hills and a threshold. So it was like um, the session was six by six by one minutes with like a four k threshold in the middle, and then another um, then it's a few more hills uh, at the back of it. But um, yeah, definitely a lot of Arthur's training seems to be paying off. Um, 
uh, in that threshold, yeah, very, very quick. Um, but that, that was a good session. I think the mix of heels was nice with the, with the effort. It kind of reminds me of our breakfast point sessions. Uh, okay. So I'm in a way where you just like power up the hill and then go into, I can't remember what we used to do in terms of like how long the loops were. Probably wasn't 4K though, was it? No, I think anyway. it was like maybe 2K max, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, and then sort of didn't run much until Friday again where I just ran easy around the bay. And then um, yesterday did a session um, at Park Run again at Rhodes where we did 2 by 5 k So we did like sort of to the first the first 5k at a tempo at a tempo effort and then sort of tried to keep it consistent so i think we ran like 17:30 up for the first one and then idea was to just keep it consistent um but we ran 16:59 so it's still pretty it was pretty solid and i enjoyed it um yeah. and today i haven't run yet I, I might get out after after this interview um for a bit of a bit of a shakeout but probably won't run too long but um yeah still in the still in the middle ground of just taking it a bit easy at the moment yeah definitely uh, sounds like a pretty good session yesterday though yeah it was it was really good yeah the two sessions in there was solid for the week but there's just not a lot of uh, no not, not heaps of running going on in between <laughs> but that's all right it was still enjoyed the sessions yeah sounds good um yeah, what, what about you, Dom? A bit's been happening with you. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, coming off uh, six foot, I had signed up for this um, six-hour race, but it was kind of like a, a bit of an afterthought and I don't think I was really in the right headspace to do it. Um, the goal was to run like 50Ks hard and try and go sub 310 to make an Australia team, possibly, but um I think that I just went into it with the wrong mindset and um, yeah, everyone else in the race is running for six hours. So I'd had no one else to run with really uh, and just had, I don't know, all the excuses in the world um, on the day just sort of got to me and I ended up, yeah, pulling out at 25 Ks. Um, I was, uh, I think I came through about 20 seconds off the pace already and was starting to go backwards. Um, and yeah, I think I would have been better off just going in having a, a go and doing my best for the whole six hours rather than, um, yeah, just trying to run a qualifying time with no one else. Um, but it was pretty cool. They had the 48 hour track race out there as well. And uh, Camille Heron, I think broke the world record. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think she's run like 430 Ks or something in 48 hours. It's <laughs> <laughs> just insane. It's ridiculous. Yeah, um, that, so that's a that's a few laps around the track. <laughs> yes, I was about to say. How do you get through that? That's crazy. Yeah. So um, yeah, around my heart, twenty five k's hard, and then um, pulled out. It was a bit kind of shitty at myself, but oh well. I think that uh, it was the right decision, probably, to just sort of get into the next training block and um, yeah, kind of get fit for the next race. Um. Yeah. But yeah, after that, we stayed the night in Canberra and um, the fire alarm in the hotel went off halfway through the night. <laughs> like, That's um, classic. Yeah, it kind of like reinforced my decision. I was like, oh, thank God I didn't run six hours. <laughs> <laughs> we drove back today and uh, it was all good. But yeah, not, not the race that I wanted, but um, 
still a good good run regardless. Was um, your body was your body still really just not there, or was it more just like it was in an awkward spot uh, mentally as well? Yeah, I think just mentally, like I six foot was what I was really looking to to run well at and what I was targeting. So I think that um, all my energy was focused towards that. And like when it got tough during six foot, I had that sort of um, energy behind me to push through and finish the race. Whereas um, going into this, it was just like a, or oh, I'll give it a go and, and see what happens. Um, mm. It started to get hard and I just felt like I had all these excuses just piling up and I wasn't able to put them aside and back myself to keep going. So um, ended up pulling out, but yeah, it was, it, it wasn't ideal. Um, the, the race day prep as well. We left um, at like 9.30 to get there for a two o'clock start. And uh, Beck needed to go to the toilet a couple of times on the way up. So we ended up taking like a couple of detours into some random towns that took a bit longer than expected. Oh, no. we got there with like 15 minutes to go uh so i was kind of scrambling in a bit of a panic um, to, 15 minutes yeah to, that's uh, not a lot yeah um so yeah i was already kind of feeling a bit rushed and then it started raining um and i was like oh this sucks and then they changed the direction that we were running like straight away pretty much so then my watch was on the outside of the track and was saying I was running like 3.30s when I was only running like 3.45, 3.50 per K. Mm. Um, so that was throwing me off. Like I didn't really know how I was going and all these things just sort of started to pile up in my head and um, yeah, I just ended up pulling out. But oh well. Uh, That's all right. We'll forgive you, Dom. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, pretty close to, it's a pretty close turnaround. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, that as well. Like, I just didn't have that self belief that I'd had a good training block to do this race. So, um, but yeah, yeah on to the next one, I think. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, talking about six foot, it'd be interesting to, to hear about um, Morgan's six foot kind of training block and, and how the race went. Um, yeah, how did the, the training block sort of go for you for this year, Morgan? Yeah, it went. Pretty well. I think I started the year a little bit more unfit than usual. I was a bit delayed. I got uh, COVID in December last year, went on a five-week holiday to Europe eating pastries every day. So I stepped on the scale <laughs> end of January. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been this heavy for, for quite a long time. But uh, I had a good, very good February. I've started to dabble in doubles now. So I got the mileage up quite high. I ran maybe 155, 160K weeks through February. So a good mileage, but it's just a month and then a bit of tape before six foot. So I don't think that was my ideal uh, fitness or the fitness I'm usually at that time of year, but it, it, I haven't raced for six months. So it's just good to be out there. It doesn't really matter. It's the first race of the season for me. So yeah, just enjoy it. Uh, did good workouts, good long runs and ready for race day as the yeah i felt well prepared even though i'm a little bit behind but that's that's okay that's the way it is sometimes yeah definitely were there any um sort of key workouts that you you'd done in the lead up or uh what what um 
Luke said that earlier. I have I'm, I'm training with uh, Brian Cruz and Coach Bagheri, and he often put these six by one minute hills in the program, and then a threshold and oh, yeah. six by one minute hills. So that, that's a pretty good uh, uh, workout to get some fitness in the legs quickly. And I think I did a few of those, and and yeah. Other than that, quite a standard workout, maybe ten by eight hundred and and things like that. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a good one. I think that, yeah, it's good to practice running on uh, heavy legs, especially in six foot. Yeah, and I, I live in a, not a mountainous area, but in Sydney North, it's pretty hilly. So every run I do has a lot of hills and I can't really avoid them. So I, I get good elevation gains through the week, even without trying. So that helps as well on, on that course. Yeah, and then um, so race day came around. How did the, the race pan out for you? Yeah, I think we all know about what happened around 38K, but yeah, it was good before that. Uh, it was a little bit odd this year. Uh, we came down Nellis Glen, the quick guys in front, you included, Don, just <laughs> di disappeared in front of me. And I actually ran alone from maybe 4K, 5K up to the top of Bluey, and I didn't see another person. So that I, I'm not sure I um, ran as fast as I could. I, I, in the past, I running, I've been running too fast to the river, like a lot of people, and then kind of slowly down the hills. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna go a bit slower this year. Maybe in hindsight, I went a little bit too slow because I didn't see anyone else. <laughs> but I got to the river feeling fresh and I went up the long hills to Mini Mini and then up to Pluri where I touched another guy called Sean that he was the guy I uh, ran into you with. And he was way stronger on the flats than me. So every flat he pulled away, every hill I, I pulled away. And up on the black range, so it was really good running with him, uh, but up on the black range. After a few K, he pulled away. And I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna run alone again. But then he actually came back to me and said, oh, I got a bit carried away there. So I think he figured it's better we run together. Uh, and then we have a little battle at the end, maybe. Um, so we came to the deviation uh, where this new 4K loop was added. And instead of turning left, we turn right like we should. And we ran down this very long, long hill and it felt like it took forever. And we started to question like, is this really the right way? When should we turn around? And then we saw you there at the bottom dome. I was like, oh yes, we are on the right path. <laughs> Which we absolutely weren't. <laughs> so yeah. I was pleased to see you as well. I was thinking like, oh, I was not sure, am I on the right path? And I saw you guys behind me. I was like, oh, okay. Must yeah, be <laughs> two, two, two more guys. All right, at least we're three now. <laughs> Yeah, so I think we, we passed you there and we came to a few turns and really didn't have any idea where to go. But I think we just stayed on the main path, felt like the most logical path to go and then suddenly went up on Caves Road. And I'm like, no way they're gonna let us run on the road. It's just, it won't happen. So that's when I realized we were <laughs> um, lost. But um, we saw, a trail next to the road. Okay, let's try this one. And at that stage, when you don't know where you are, you don't want to push in case you're going the wrong way and have to run back. <laughs> so you're like, 
Yeah, should I run fast? Should I go slow? If it's the right path and I go too slow, then I'm going to lose time. So yeah, you have all these mind games going on. And then we, Dom, Sean, and I see these traffic controllers. I'm like, oh yeah, people, that's great. And we ask them, uh, where should we go? And they had no idea. And then uh, Sean asked, have you seen another guys coming through? Oh yeah, yeah, they went that way, like straight up. Like, oh, that doesn't feel right. And these, these were the guys that also got lost and jogged on the road back. So uh, if we would have followed them, we would have been even more lost. But I figure this is the road to, to back to deviation, the Black Range campground. So we ran up that road, lots of uh, intersections, no idea where to go. Again, oh, should we run fast and get it done with, or should we just jog in case it's the wrong way? Yeah. Did you have and, any, uh, did you have any gels and stuff with you then? I was kind of like worried about nutrition. I thought, oh shit, like how long are we going to be out here for? Um, I'm totally unprepared. Like I don't have anything on me. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, I had a, you could have asked me, but I, I had a few gels. I think I even finished the race with one spare gel. So uh, I drank the tailwind from the stations, but yeah, I had a few gels as well. And then I remember a car stuck came, came up behind us and we're like, oh, we'll ask that person if this is the right way. But they were too polite to actually come really close to us and overtake us. <laughs> so, so it's like, come on, just pause us so we can ask, ask you if, if we're on the right way. But they just get the distance 30 meters back or something. So we started shouting and, and yeah, they couldn't really hear us and we couldn't hear them. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was it was not great, but I just want at this stage, I just want to finish it. I just want to run and, and, and you know see where this road takes us. And thankfully we saw the back of the deviation aid station. And the uh, the people there were as surprised as we were about coming that way, but finally we we're back on track and yeah. Uh, at that point we could start racing again. But it's always always challenging when you done a big detour or being lost or you don't know where to go but finally we're back on track so and I knew with a course change we had well what could have been 5k left to go or something 4k yeah. and at that point I just wanted to finish it <laughs> and I'm guessing you felt the same at that at that stage yeah absolutely um have you had many other races when you've been lost before or? no I don't think so most most races are pretty well marked. So um, there's been races where hikers or people deliberately moving, changing markers, and that's not good. So I thought maybe that's what happened here. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it hasn't been that bad in, in another race, I think. Not that I remember. But, yeah. you know, usually after a while, you only remember the good things. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think the rest of the race was really good. Like, it's um, it was great to have, yeah, just all the A stations every two Ks pretty much to fill up your body. Yeah. Um, and for the rest of it, it was really well marked. Like, you knew exactly where you were going, um, which was kind of good because we knew, like, straight away, okay, this doesn't really feel right. I think we're off course. But, um, yeah, oh, well, we got there in the end. Um, yeah, but it was impressive to see, like, just how cool and um, calm you stayed in that situation, I feel like me and Sean were kind of panicking a little bit. Um, I think maybe because we, we had uh, 
expand ourselves a bit more in the first section of the course. So we were a bit tired and just frustrated at the run, but um, I'm glad you were there because it, it helped a lot to have you sort of just making the decisions for us almost and um, yeah, putting our, our worries to bed um, a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure if you've done that bit of the course before, but I, I chatted along on the Black Range with Sean and he said he had hiked it, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or something. So he wouldn't remember at least. I've, I've done six foot, I think it was the fifth time now. So I had a rough idea where this aged station should be <laughs> somewhere in a general direction and just find a road that leads us there. That was, uh, was my thinking at that point. Yeah, awesome. And um, I think that, yeah, you, you finished uh, eighth and that's pretty solid effort still. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Sean, he was stronger on the on the, on the flats. And when we came up to the station, he just disappeared. But thankfully, there were a few really steep hills at the end there. So I managed to pass him. And yeah, I think it came a few seconds after me in the end. Yeah, awesome. Well, it sounds like, yeah, a, a pretty... Uh, Good experience regardless um uh yeah i guess moving on from six foot how did your running journey all sort of start yeah um, it's been a while now i i think i've been 10 years on strava but i didn't really start running until maybe 2015 so before that i did see uh not six foot uh fitted to serve in the Harbour 10 because everyone else did it. And that was my running for the year, basically. And mm. then um, I'm not sure how I got into it, really. I think I just started doing it more and more. And I did maybe a half marathon. And back then, I thought I was really good, really fast, at least when I compared to my mates who didn't run either. <laughs> yeah. like, maybe I'm good at this. So maybe I should keep doing it. So I started signing up for more events and in 2015 I did my first marathon and I thought that went well as well and uh, then somehow I discovered trail running on YouTube I saw all these videos from trail running around the world in big mountains and I had no idea you could do that such a such a thing but I thought it was really cool and I went pretty much straight into long ultras and trail running from there I did that for um, a couple of years, maybe 2016, 2015, 2016. I didn't do any speed work. I just ran every day, basically, and got better and better. And then I quickly hit a plateau where I didn't improve much because I, yeah, I didn't do any uh, speed work. And um, I started reading up more. And I think in 2016, that's when I got really hooked on reading and I'm watching running videos on YouTube like everyone else and I got inspired and I structured my training more and uh, signed up for more and more events and uh, yeah that that's where my running journey started really I, I would say in 20, 2016. Yeah right um, and you mentioned that you run with Run Crew at the moment did you start getting coached around then or was it still sort of just writing your own program? No, back then I did my own program. So 2016, I did UTA 100 and six foot for the first time. And it went well. 2017, I got quicker. 2018, I barely got quicker at all. So, okay, <laughs> that's why I thought I hit my plateau. And the run crew guys and girls, they were winning 
races left to right center. So I thought I'd give it a try. And yeah, and then 2019, I got a big PB in, uh, in UTA 100 again. That's when I finished third. So yeah, I decided to stay with them. It worked well for me. Yeah, awesome. Um, and coming third, that seems like a, a pretty big sort of breakthrough. Um, was Did you have many other sort of big results prior to that or? Uh, not, I'd done UJ, I was top 10 the two years before, yeah. but, but, but not on the podium now. So that was a, probably the biggest race at that time. Yeah, awesome. Um, and then since then, I guess like Coast to Cozzy was sort of the next step in the journey. Um, yeah, the, well, in 2020, we know what happened and we didn't have any, many choices. It was like the only race that was on in December in 2020, everything else was canceled through the year. So it was a pretty good year. No one had raced for a while. And yeah, a lot of people wanted to, to sign up to it. And it's an invitation race, so maximum 50 people. So it's, it's quite a competitive year. Yeah. Um... And had you run a, a couple of hundred miles then in the lead up or? No, I did. Uh, I'd done Human Howl, which is a hundred miler. And it's probably one of the easiest one around when it comes to trail running. It's pretty flat, good, good trails. And then I'd done UTMB and, and, and uh, that was it. Yeah, wow. Did you walk into it thinking, okay, like I'm a, a shot to win this. Um, yeah, going to be up on the podium. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I don't think many people have thoughts like that. It's such a long race and uh, I never done anything that long. And I, I mainly did it as well because it really scared me. Like 160K on the trails, that's fine. You get a lot of breaks. You're walking over these logs and jumping over rocks, that's fine. But 240K on the road where you don't have those kind of excuses to, <laughs> to, to take it easy. Uh, I mean, if you want to, it's just road. And uh, that was the challenge. How, how, how would the body go with that, with that, with that pounding and, and yeah, using the same parts of your muscles for so much, such a long distance. How did it go? Well, how did it <laughs> pass like, um, that's a crazy, that's crazy distance. I didn't know um, it was 240Ks. <laughs> What um, past 100 miles was it? Did it change much or? Um... Uh, no, up to 100 miles was okay. And then you get to this famous hill, Baloka Hill, which is super steep, super long hill. And that's where everyone has to walk. So I, I ran to that point at 160k, I think, and then walked up that hill. It was maybe 9, 10 in the evening. And from there, it was dark and it, it got. Yeah, it got quite hard and uh, you have crew with you in a car and they told me, hey, there's a two, 2K downhill up ahead or 2K flat. I'm like, oh no, I have to run that. <laughs> please, please give me some uphills that I can wash. It's, uh, it's so much gentler on the body. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Then, uh, what? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, about 184K you get into Jindabyne and, and from that up to Charles Pass and because and the summit is just uphill. So uh, that, that was quite challenging to, to move your body uh, after such a long time running. Yeah. And um, when did you sort of hit the lead then? 
um, uh, at Perisher. So that maybe three in the morning, four in the morning, maybe. And that was, I think it's around 200K or 190K or something from Perisher, then to Charlotte's Pass, and then up to Summit and back to Charlotte's Pass. And it's such a long run, so you don't really think about the competition early on in the race. So much can happen. So who knows? It's just run to your own feel and, and hope for the best, basically. Yeah, did that kind of spur you on a bit then? If you knew, okay, like I'm in the lead now, or it was still just sort of just doing your own thing, getting through it? Oh, doing my own thing, just just finish it. <laughs> at, at that point, it's hard to hard to care. But uh, when I did get up to the uh, summit of Charlotte uh, or Kosciuszko, uh, a guy, Grant Brisbane, he was maybe an, only an hour behind me, and I could see him from the summit coming up. So I, I didn't know he was that close, and that's where I got the comp com competitive streak and ran down as fast as I could. <laughs> so it, it took it took 220, 220k of running till I felt like I had to run fast. Jeez, that's crazy. Sounds like yeah, such an experience. Um, would you do anything over 100 miles again? Or uh, yeah, maybe I, I would like to go back one day to coast to coast and do it quicker. And I'm a little bit intrigued about these 24 hour track races as well. Yeah, I so, good at that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a big commitment to, to train for it and do it. So we'll see how it goes, but I am interested in it for sure. Yeah, I guess um, when, when uh, did you sort of become a father then as well? Like um, that seems like it would throw a bit of a spanner in the works in terms of, of running and, and training. Um, how do you go about managing that? And uh, how old uh, is your, your kids at the moment? Uh, so he's two two um, years and one month. So he was born two months after Costa Cosi. So I got that big race re release, and then I I could take it easy the year after. Um, working from home mostly has helped a lot. So no commute, but wasting time on that. So I run less than I would commute to the work back and forth. Does help, but the first five months in twenty. 21 was quite difficult with, with sleep, basically. I, I did not get a lot of sleep. I DNF'd UJ that year. Uh, six foot didn't go that great either. There was lots of walking. Uh, but it, it once it started sleeping through the night after five, six months, it, it got better at the end of 2021. And uh, yeah, I just tried to do the, the best of it. Um, yeah, awesome. Um, sounds like you've yeah, adjusted pretty well then. Um, aside from a yeah, a, a bad sort of six months of um, really impacted running training. Um, yeah. Uh, is there any? I, uh, I guess I what I changed was to run mostly from home. So I used to go for run crew sessions at ES Marks, but. I do a lot of solar running these days to minimize the time I spend away. So all my runs basically start and finish from home just to minimize that away time. And on weekends, his naps are getting shorter, but he was napping, did a long 
lunch nap and that's when I went out and lots of activities that we do on the weekend. So that's people might see a run at random times of the day, like four in the afternoon on a Sunday when it's 38 degrees, it's not the best time to run, but that's what I do. It just, because that's what suits best with our family life. Yeah, Jason, so you just have to be a bit more flexible in your training, I guess. Yeah, and just find some time when, when, when to do it. Yeah, awesome. I think it's uh, pretty good tips for anyone who's pressed for time. You just got to make it happen. Yeah, that's it. Um, and uh, you've done like, yeah, some pretty incredible races and have been running for a while. Have you um, had to deal with any injuries along the way? Has anything sort of put you to the sidelines for any considerable amount of time? Or No, I've been lucky in that sense, but I think I have all the niggles that everyone else has had, Achilles and ITB and whatnot, but this is not medical advice, but I, I tend to run through them. And um, when I do get niggles, I do a lot of uh, busy work, uh, this uh, rehab work, which I forget when I feel good, but usually things comes good. I've been to a few physios over these years and and uh, sports massage, which, which helps a lot. So I haven't had anything that have taken me out for a considerable amount of time. I think the worst one was actually COVID last year. That that when that hit me, that I never felt so bad running before for a few weeks. So yeah, yeah, definitely. It's um, that was a tough one. Yeah, I feel like it really affects like your um, training levels and stuff like that. Like you just can't push as hard as you used to um, coming back from it. But I guess it affects everyone differently as well. Um, yeah, and I. I try to read a lot of uh, about a lot of physios and and uh, injury prevention and rehab and it it doesn't seem like there are that many injuries that you completely stop running from unless you have a stress fracture or something if it's Achilles hurting I don't think people often suggest to completely stop running but it's off a bit and yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do, see if it comes good and fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, yeah, other sort of running um, lifestyle sort of topics that are always coming up. I think if you talk to anyone in, in running, they'll bring up a, a few of these topics and have their own two cents worth on them. Um, running shoe choice, have you got any uh, favourite shoes or uh, what's in your shoe rotation at the moment? Well, I want to try all the shoes, but uh, it, it, it costs too much to buy them all. So I have a few favorites. I, I love the Nova Blast uh, for everyday runs and, and long runs. Uh, I'm using the Invincible, the Nike Invincible for, for easy runs. Uh, I like the New Balance uh, Rebel V2. I haven't got the V3 yet for grass workouts I think it's an awesome shoe it's so you hold it and feels like a toy almost but when you run on it on grass it's quite poppy so that's cool and Vaporfly for road racing so it took a long time for me to get into super shoes I thought yeah it might give you some uh, running economy 
benefits, but if I drink, drink a few beers less, then I, I, it's, I save money and I get the same advantage. <laughs> so uh, it took a long time, but when I deliberated two choices for Costa Cosi, everyone told me, get the Vaporfly, get the Vaporfly. And I did get them. And after that, I was hooked on, on those carbon shoes. Yeah, right. I think, um, yeah, I was in the same boat. I thought like it was just a bit of a marketing spin. Like it's just a shoe. It can't make that much difference. But um, yeah, putting them on for the first time was just crazy experience. Like it just felt like an absolute game changer. Um, yeah. And even if it wouldn't make me faster, the feeling is so good. So yeah, why wouldn't I use the most, uh, the shoe that feels the best? And then our tra trail shoes, I, I would consider myself a trail runner, but I often use road shoes on, on trails when I'm out and about. Maybe if I go to the Blue Mountains for a four-hour run and put on trail shoes. So I don't I don't use them that often. And that means I I don't buy that many. And I want to try all the all the shoes, but yeah, it's uh costs too much, unfortunately. So I stick with my trusted hookers. I like the challenger for a long time. Now for six foot, I use a tecton. And I found them pretty good. I used the speed goats for Buffalo last year. But the, and I can't say I feel the carbon plates in the Tecton really. If you ask me, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you if they are plates or not, but they're a lot lighter than the speed goat. So why not to feel the, the, quite similar? So yeah, I enjoy them for now. Yeah, right. Um, what were you wearing for six foot? Oh, the, the Tecton, Tecton X Hawkers. Okay. Um, no. yeah, yeah. What, what did you wear? Oh, I was uh, in the Ciccone, um Endorphin Pro, the carbon plated oh, yeah. road running shoe. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that is a trail race you definitely can wear a road shoes for. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Like, yeah, most of it's um, just like fire trail and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. got away with it. Um, I guess another topic that everyone's always uh, raving about is diet. Have you got any um, particular diet uh, tips or um, policies that you kind of follow? Not many tips. I, I, my diet is what my partner cooks. So running is my meditation. That's my uh, between work and, and, and home life and my wife, my wife's uh, 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 thing to do is cooking so she loves doing that and, and i eat what she cooks <laughs> basically yeah. that's my, my that's, that's my a diet. Good deal <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh i think i've tried supplements in the past but when they run out and i forget to buy buy restock then i go a few months without it and i'm realized if i can't keep it consistent then then, then that was the point and it feels like i'm sure they're good but it, for me, it feels like an extra tax in life to to continuously buying this supplement. So, yeah. so I, I just stay with healthy food and I run a lot, but you will never see me with a six pack. I think even though I turn out 6,000 Ks a year and it comes from eating just whole foods and yeah, home cooked food, basically. What's well, some of your um, favorites? Some of the favorite home cooked meals. I uh, lost a lot, lots of pasta, and uh, yeah, my wife has 
uh, Chinese Malaysian background, so be friend Dang and, and and things like this. Oh, beautiful. And chicken curry. <laughs> nice. Awesome. What yeah. about uh, gels or um, coffee? Do you uh, uh, reference with those? Well, I'm a coffee drinker. I'm not sure what it does to my performance, but yeah, start every day with coffee for sure. Uh, I did use a few gels at six foot because you never know what the dilution of tailwind is at the heat station. Is it too weak? Is it too strong? So just a few gels just in case. But I I, I drink a lot of tailwind when I race. It's the, my main source of fuel, cost of coffee. I think 95% was just tailwind, drinking tailwind for 26 hours. At, at Buffalo last year, it was definitely only tailwind. Uh, no gels at all, anything, and and that works well for me. I, I after four or five hours, I really can't chew on anything. Mm -hmm. It's like my body does not want to chew. It's uh, so I prefer drinking, drinking uh, energy. Yeah, right. And um, gels. Do you have anything that you sort of preference, like Tailwind, or is it just whatever's available? Uh, I do have the good gels, lemon. Yeah. I'm not sure why I prefer lemon, but same with Tailwind is the lemon flavor. I think that's just for hours and hours that that's what I dislike the leaf. <laughs> so so uh, it works for me. And the uh, good gel salty watermelon for a bit of caffeine. It's, it's good too for me. Interesting. Um, I think that, yeah, Tailwind seems like a, a pretty good product. I think I agree. It's probably the, my go-to drink for sure. Um, yeah. What about, uh, another one that everyone's always sort of wanting tips or advice on is, um, any other running sort of equipment like, uh, packs or, um, a bladder or bottles or all those little kind of trail running gear choices. Uh, what's your setup at the moment? It's the, uh, Salmon packs. So very frustrating the zippers i think everyone that has used salmon packs the zippers break down very quickly if you forget to wash your pack straight after a run uh i tried either packs but i find the salmon packs the most comfortable to wear over a long time so even though the zippers are really bad i uh weighing up that with the uh, comfort i pick those packs uh usually the 12 liters for training. I can have the bladder in there uh, and the eight liter ones for uh, something like UJ or Buffalo. And then I have a two liter uh, for uh, shorter races than that. Yeah, right. So it sounds like you've got like um, a pack for every occasion almost. Yeah, and I tried to find the specials when they're on sale and they come with two bottles. So I have, have a lot of... Uh, soft flasks so because I'm using tailwind as fuel I pre-mix them the day before and give them to my crew so when I come into a, a aid station or crew, crew stop just swap the bottles and off I go yeah easy sounds like a, a smart way to, to get your bottles just buy a pack when it's cheap <laughs> yeah I was like you don't <laughs> yeah that's a good tip for me <laughs> um, I want the pack, I just want the bottles, but they are like 45 <laughs> bucks each if you buy them, you know, standalone. 
Tom just wants the discount, <laughs> regardless of what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, any other gear or um, stuff that you sort of swear by? Or no, that, that's pretty much it. So I mean, for UTA, where you need to carry all that mandatory gear that I never use. Like, how often do you run with a rain jacket in in Sydney, Australia? Yeah, it might rain, but it's not that cold, really. So while well, I bought a, a lightweight rain jacket five, six years ago, I actually never used it. It's just been in my pack with the rest of the stuff for that time. Yeah. So I, it's mainly the pack itself and the running shoes, of course. Yeah, no worries. And um, I guess you've had like a, a pretty crazy running career so far. Is there any... Um, one race or, or moment that um, is your favorite and sort of sticks out the most to you? Uh, we touched on it earlier, or more than touched on it, we talked a little bit about it, the Costa Cossi. Uh, it's a really special race because you have your crew with you the whole time. You have to have a car and you tell them or you ask them when to stop. And so you see them all day, basically. And the, it just makes it like a really long Sunday run instead of running from checkpoint to checkpoint and be all alone for, for hours and hours. So that, that was a really great experience and everyone's really friendly. So the other runners crew, they leapfrog you as well. Um, and it's just a lot of encouragement from crew and, and runners. So that was really, really special. Yeah, who um, was in your crew? Uh, my my partner started in the in the morning, and then she was alone for the first 106k where there was a checkpoint, and then two two run crewmates from Sydney came down and and took over from there. Awesome! Sounds like yeah, it'd be a pretty special sort of uh, experience to share with them. Yeah, and it was uh, uh, Riel as well, so. I'd never met him before. So I met him first time after running 10, 10, 10 for 10 hours. And he was crewing for the rest of the night as well. So that was awesome. Yeah, wow. That's, yeah, so cool. Sounds like, yeah, such an um, awesome experience and uh, really brings everyone in the running community together. Um, yeah, it's definitely an event that I'd like to do some at some point in the future. Yeah, I was going to ask, is that on the list, Dom? Oh, I think, yeah, I don't know. It's uh seems a bit uh, daunting though, running 240Ks. It's a long one. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's less than 48 hours on the track. Yeah, true. Um, don't do as many loops, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, 48 hours on the track just is a, a whole nother game. Um, but um. I guess, yeah, wrapping up, yeah, thanks for, for coming on, Morgan. Um, I don't know, Smee, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? No, I think you covered off um, a lot of ground, Dom, and, yeah, thank, thanks, Morgan. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, thanks, guys. It was fun to be on. Is um, Best of luck with uh, UTMB. Uh, we'll all be following you very closely. Thank, thank you. you.